Hi, welcome to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> As my fault. I, okay. I interrupted you. I've, never, I've seen so many videos where people do that, but I never thought it would affect me. Right. Okay. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Wessex Ways podcast, episode three. I'm Headley Thorne. I'm an aerial landscape photographer. And I am Paul Whitelick, and I make videos and put them on YouTube. make very good videos as well <laughs> yeah you're very kind <laughs> so we started this little uh, podcast purely to waffle about kind of what we both do kind of behind the scenes so with my youtube videos you have to make them super quick and super short and um i just thought you know i want a platform where i can waffle a bit longer how's that work with you Headley? well yes i mean you take uh videos and make videos and do the odd photo i take photos and do the odd video so for me um i go out uh, i lead walks uh, up and down the ridgeway uh, a little bit of cycling um struggling to lose the weight but never mind um and uh, mainly fly drones and do aerial photography um which i uh, go on to sell sometimes if i'm lucky but uh, yeah I, I think we both got active twitter channels as well as uh, youtube and uh, yeah so i yep. po post on there most days uh, pictures so uh, what have you been up to since our last podcast and Oh, also, it did, I, I always say the same thing every time I come on here and I say, oh, my goodness me, I need to check my phone and look for my photo reel to sit, to remind myself of all the stupid mm. things that we get up to. Um, but yeah, all sorts, uh, frankly. We'll come to that in a bit. Shall we start on news, Headley? Is that, is, yes. Are we ready to start on news? <clears throat> we are. Um, so what I was going to ask, actually, is for news, is whether we can go through similar... Because we've actually, as we're recording this, just published our first episode <clears throat> and so we've got our first bits of feedback coming in um <clears throat> so yeah. i thought maybe before we start talking about our subjects today um our wessex subjects i've <clears throat> got some some feedback um yep right so the feedback's come uh obviously from youtube although the podcast goes out on google and apple now um we obviously publish this on youtube as well and the YouTube viewers have the benefit of pictures and other bits and pieces as well, and actually uh, seeing us, whether that's a benefit I'm or not. I'm not know. sure that is a good thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, um, yeah. so the first bit of feedback... Uh, now, this was brilliant. So, because our symbol is WW, and our kind of our our picture is you and I walking. Now, I'm I'm quite a lot, shall we say, larger than you. I'm quite round. <laughs> and... Someone put WW, does that mean Weight Watchers? <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I saw that. I saw That's that. good. Um, lots of comments uh, on, uh, again, because this is YouTube, the lighting, um, glasses on my head falling off, uh, Headley looks like a hologram, uh, Paul's yeah, hands are disappearing. Yeah. So obviously we're using, I think it's Teams for this, aren't we? And we haven't really got the uh, proper kind of uh, equipment yet. Yeah. We'll get there. 
you, well, also, I mean, it's <coughs> worth interjecting and sort of picking up on these now. Just say, mm. this is this is a very early in our podcast yeah. life. You know, we're hopefully going to have hundreds of these one day in the future. This is just a, a YouTube section is just to put the videos out for people that only watch stuff on YouTube and can't listen to yep. podcasts. Yep. So this you're stuck with this background and you're stuck <laughs> with Hedley looking like a hologram and me looking like my yeah. hands disappear. Yeah. yeah. So I've had listeners in the US and Canada as well. So we are international already. Uh, hologram Headley is another one. Is Headley being projected by R2-D2? There's a theme here, isn't there? Um, <laughs> someone suggested uh, you could solve all of the problems with the Thames just by renaming the entire Thames the Churn. Good point. Um, yeah. Ditch the dodgy background. I'm so pleased they're mentioning the, the background being dodgy and not us, to be honest with you. Shrek and Donkey. Oh, come on. No, let's forget the comments. Oh, no, there's one more. No, sorry. And oh, and we have a critic, uh, Dr. Dickon Champion, who will be yep. listening to this while he's making his dinner because I know him. Okay. Um, he's listened to a lot of the podcasts I've done previously. I did one with Holly Wharton, I did uh, some with Anna Dillon. And his yep. feedback from episode one is Paul is not as nice as Anna. No, well, do you know what? I can. I've, I've yet to. <laughs> strangely, Headley, you've not introduced me to Anna yet. Haven't I? I? Just, just rude. Haven't I? I, 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 com- I completely agree with this chap you just spoke of because clearly I, <laughs> I am no oil painting. I so uh, Anna, yeah. Anna grows a beard or something, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Anna Dillon um, is a local artist. Uh, for those that yep. don't know, um, she's a contemporary landscape artist. Um, I work with her, so. Um, uh, well, my main job is at Heathrow Airport, but uh, my kind of secondary job is uh, providing Anna with aerial photographs to paint, and then we hold exhibitions together. She's a very good friend, lovely lady, and uh, yeah, so yeah, you, I'll, I'll make sure you meet her one day. Yes. So just going back on that feedback, it's really important that we kind of let you all know as well that these podcasts will be available and hopefully this one, as you're listening, will be available on more platforms. Our first one only went out on Spotify and Anchor, but now we've done the whole RSS feeds. It will then pick up on our releases. And I've just checked today, Headley, as well. So this is good news for me and you. It is now live on Google Podcasts. It is live on Apple Podcasts, but it will only pick up on new ones. So when the new one goes out, I think um, two weeks ago, so kind of irrelevant to all your listeners, but then now the good news for all of us is they're now on uh, Apple and Google as well. So hopefully we're going to be on as many platforms as we possibly can. Mm. So there's a lot of feedback was, oh, I need I need to listen to it on Apple. And so many people say you need to do that. Hopefully we've done that. And hopefully you're already listening to this on Apple Music slash something, yes. etc. Yes. You get the idea. Get the idea. Good. Yes, yes, um, yes. Other news. <coughs> um I'm going to I'm going to blow my own trumpet now, Headley, and just say, well, tough. We've got 75,000 subscribers on our little YouTube channel now, and I just thought, you know, I'm just going to chuck that in there, blow my own trumpet, and go, yes, I'm well tuffed. Um because we never we 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 started these videos, and we just said, oh, let's just chuck a couple of silly videos out and see what happens. And here we are, four years later, with um, 75,000 people. So we're trying to send as many over as we can to this YouTube channel and this podcast as well, and you can all enjoy um what we get up to kind of behind the scenes and um yeah there we go That's and me. you release you release your videos every sunday don't you every sunday 5 p.m on 5 our PM. little youtube channel yep absolutely yep. headley has been in a few of them already um and i'm sure more to come but um yeah well i'm done with trumpet blowing Headley, so, yeah. <laughs> no it's, it's great no <laughs> blow it you know you, you've earned it it's brilliant it's it's great and again i've, I've said it before but i've i've now 
seen behind the scenes of one of these uh, videos being made and the amount of work that goes into them and everything. I haven't seen the research half of it. That, that must be enormous. But yeah, it was great fun being out there and getting muddy and flying the drone and everything. It's brilliant fun. So yeah, yeah did a bit but it's funny. I did a bit of that today, actually. Did you? Yeah, so did yeah, I. <laughs> which which I'll, I'll come to shortly. I bet you did. I've seen some of your pictures already. I think Have you? from today. I think yes. you posted. You posted one earlier. I don't know if that's today or not. But yeah. yes, yeah. I was at. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I worked with um, Whitnam Clumps today. So um, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I've actually got a meeting with the Earth Trust this week. Um, not entirely sure what it's about. Uh, it, it sounds quite <laughs> interesting. Um, and um, yeah, so I thought today I will go there. Um, you're not allowed to fly drones. From Whitnam Clumps, I'll be honest with you. Really? Um, no, you're not. It's uh, which is which is fair enough. There's you know it's a it is a nature reserve. There's people going for walks. Um, fair enough, etc. etc. But uh, there are paths near Whitnam Clumps where you can send your drone yeah. up and get some pictures looking across to them. And yeah, um, yeah well, absolutely beautiful place. In fact, one one day I think I'd like to make that subject of one of the podcasts because yeah, I've already yeah. got questions in my head actually because I know nothing mm. about that. Yeah. But I do know quite a lot about the Nile clumps. The Nile clumps? Near, yeah, which are near Amesbury. But again, let's not oh, talk about that yes. because that's that, that'll inter, yes. intertwine and yes. intertwangle, perhaps. Yes, yes. Um, so, right, any more news, Eddie? Any more news? Uh, I haven't got any more. I can tell you what I've been up to this week, but I'd wondered if you wanted to go first because that'd probably lead into my my if kind of like, yeah. subject a little bit. So what, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, we've had, it's now, what is it, Tuesday evening as we record this. I think mm. this will go out early January. Um, we've had today two, the last two days of filming, actually. We finished a Lambourne uh, Valley Railway video yesterday because we broke down when we were doing that the week before. So we finished that yesterday. That was, um, that was okay, one of the most exciting things we've ever done. But today was a bit crazy because we, we sort of set ourselves the goal of recording two videos in one day today. Largely because, and if I can, um, I don't know if this will work on this computer, but I'm going to show you um, the wonderful rail map online, which everybody should use, uh, is there. And I'm screenshotting this now so everyone can see it. That there is the Khan branch line built in 1863 or opened in 1863. And it goes from the Chippenham main line, which is still open today. Uh, four or five miles down into Calm. but so we thought, you know what? Let's let's walk a lot of that. Whilst we were there, if I flip to Rail Map Online, the Canal Map, there's also a wonderful little branch of the Wilson Barks Canal. So today, what we did, and I'm back on the uh, the Roman Amphitheatre now. Hey, so smile and look like you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> what we did today was walk a lot of the railway from Chippenham to Calm, and we also tried to find a lot of the old abandoned Wilson Barts Canal but the Calm branch line. Um, so two videos in one day including school runs an hour away so we had like four or five hours to do these two films and we just about did it by the skin of our teeth um, but it was, it was a joy really because the canal especially what we always used to do we always used to take a canal so we used to say, right, let's go and do the Thames and Seven Canal. And we'd go and explore as much as we could in one day. We'd pick out all of these bits that we thought, oh, well, this is good. This is good. This is good. There's five stops and that's it. And that's all we would do. So the Thames and Seven Canal video we did a couple of years ago, we went and saw about three or four spots, um, the tunnel, although we did a separate video on the tunnel. Um, we did um, something like, I think it was called Siddington Locks or something like that. Mm. But that was it. And we put our video out. It was about 15 minutes long and the whole of that canal. But then 
more recently we've 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 kind of learned how to play it and how to how to how to get the the best out of it the other day we made a video i think we told you from pusham locks pusham locks is on the wilkes and barts canal and we just walked a mile stretch so from laycock up to pusham uh, about a mile stretch of the canal it's opened and we saw a couple of old fascinating overspills and we saw a couple of volunteers who we chatted to basil 85 year old that video got 300,000 views and we're just thinking do you know what this is what we've been doing wrong all the time. Not wrong, but this is what we, the way we've done it. We've done a whole of a canal in one day and you can't do that mm. because you can't visit all these wonderful places. So we just thought, right, the Wilkes and Barks, 52 miles long. And we've now filmed three videos from the Wilkes and Barks and we've only covered like four miles of it because there's so much. So actually we're enjoying making the videos that we're doing now by just covering little bits. I did um, a couple of weeks ago on my own. I did the Ardington Lock section. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen anything as beautiful and abandoned as Ardington Lock. That's that's just and up the road from here. It is, yeah. Yes. I texted you. I gave you the worst last minute, what are you doing today? What are you doing today, yeah. As I was, I was just getting in the car thinking... Oh, I could do I could do with a buddy because Rebecca's not about to. I'll text Headley. This is like 10 minutes before I get in the car. Go, Headley, Headley, what are you doing, mate? What are you doing? You were working. Yeah. How selfish is that, Headley? Sorry How about selfish that. Is that? And, but anyway, I, and I went for this seven mile walk, um, filmed Ardington and the, the, the abandoned locks from Grove, is it? Yep. All the way up under the railway, crossed the railway because you had to cross the actual railway on a proper crossing. That was mad. Trains travel 125 miles an hour. <laughs> Um, it was amazing and I just thought why have we never done this before where mm. we just pick a small section and show people what's on so anyway so that is exactly what we've been doing today we just did the Calm Branch only four mm. miles long of this 52 mile um, canal and it's wonderful and we saw how you pronounce it uh, Canigri Locks and there's two abandoned locks. Uh, there's an aqueduct, Stanley Aqueduct, Stanley Junction, all the way down into Calm. And at Calm, there's another lock where they've got a big barge set up um, and they've got a restored bit of the canal. They're probably about 500 yards long, covered in algae, beautiful little bridge. It just looks amazing. But all of this, again, one succinct little video. It's going to be about 10, 15 minutes long, but it's all from one area. And there's so much more we can show people. And that's kind of, that's our new thing. Mm. Um, so that and the railway today. And again, the railway tells this really quirky, funny story. Um, so yeah, that is what we've been up to this week. I, I don't know if I've waffled for too long or too short. Probably too that's long. What, as always, that's what but... this podcast is about, waffling, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good point. Yes, that's, that's, that's what, you know. And and you've um, you, you had the weather today as well. I mean, mm. uh, the, the light today, certainly up at Whittenham Clumps, um, there are a few clouds, so you had sort of the odd little dark patch, but mainly you had these beautiful light leaks going across the countryside, and it's still you still got a few autumnal colours there. It's um, yeah, well, yeah. even though it's December, mm. December the as tell you what is it the sixth today? Sixth right. today, yeah. I got the drone up. Oh, I was about mm. to get the drone up. And this mm. is a question for you, Headley. About mm. to put my little drone up because I got a DJI Mini Two little thing. Yes, two hundred and forty nine grams. You know why? Got my drone up, and all of a sudden, oh, I was about to get my drone up. And I checked my little app because my app says drone assist. Yes, you are allowed to fly. Yes. Here. And I saw this whopping great um, like bomber of an aeroplane. I'm thinking, yeah. How, is that, how does this work? How am I allowed to fly my drone? Yeah. And there's like this huge bomber. I, I was near Chippenham and Carl, in between Chippenham yes. and Carl. It clearly said I'm mm. allowed to fly it. 
I, I turned it on and the drone said, yes, you can fly, carry on. Yes. How does that work? So what, it's, that about? It, I think, again, people will probably correct me on this. It's category G airspace, which right. means uh, it's kind of what they call, I think it's visual uh, visual separation. So um, basically all aircraft have to look out for each other. Now, drones can operate up to 400 feet above ground level. Yep. And yep. then aircraft, unless they're obviously taken off or landing, um, should not be operating below, I think it's 500 feet. So you've got a 100-foot okay. gap between the two. Now, yeah. there are exceptions. Um, the RAF can file, I think it's a low manoeuvre low request or something. I can't remember what they're called. So you can be up on the ridgeway or something, and then from nowhere a great Chinook will thunder past at 200 feet so, off the deck. Right, so what you're saying mm. is he won't have been below 500 feet. Unlikely. Uh, well, in theory, where, where we in theory, yeah. yes. In theory, yes. Okay, yeah. well, that makes sense because, yeah, yeah I, I get that. It just looks so cl- It always yeah. looks lower than what it is, I'm sure. Yeah, I've got I've got the, the Mavic 3 and it's got a, a, um, a warning on it when there's an aircraft nearby. And okay. again, today, with, with Whitnam Clumps, you're, you're right on the edge of RF Benson no-fly zone. So you've got to be yeah. very careful and you must not obviously stray over the line there. Um, yeah. And there were there's a lot of helicopter activity around RF Benson today. And it got to the yeah. point where I kind of called it a day early because you could see and hear helicopters and you, know, you don't, yeah. you know, I don't really want to be on the front page of the newspaper for bringing <laughs> one of those things down. It's, it's not a great fair career enough. move within Heathrow for me, to be honest with you. No, fair enough. Fair so, enough. yeah. So this week, um, do, do you know what? Well, the last two weeks since we last recorded, I've, I've done lots of different things. I mean, I did, um, I went up to Unhill Woods, which is um, just off the Ridgeway Street Warren. And yep. um, beautiful, beautiful cold morning with fog and mist. And it's the sort of morning where, you, you know, you, you, for, for, from a photography point of view, it looks terrible. It's it's absolutely terrible until you get into a wood. And then in the wood, okay. you've got thick mist or fog. I'm, I'm not quite sure which it was. I think it was, I think it's right, it was fog because it lifted. And so the, the photos you can get within the woods, absolutely Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And I made a short video for my own YouTube uh, channel, um, <clears throat> just basically flying through the woods with a bit of lovely bit of music that I found. Um, so I did that. Um, again, Anna Dillon, I went with her to film a small stream, a brook at Aston Tyrold. Um, yep. It's a really nice area, very flat, but you're surrounded by the Berkshire Downs there. Um, right, so I went flying. Uh, with a guy called William Manklo, and he's from... Ah, another, William. You know, know William. William. You know, know William. William. Well, they've William. been talking about you, because I know Have William they? and Stuart Mabbott, Stuart the Wildman Mabbott. Yep. He yep. doesn't like me calling him Stuart, uh, even though that's Does what he, he puts his name. He puts his name as Stuart, but he doesn't like me. He has to be called Stu. Um, <laughs> okay, but um, he... Uh, so they... they uh, they have the People's uh, Countryside Environmental D- Debate podcast. I got it right. I got yep. it right. And yeah. so I went flying with William up um, to the east of Oxford over at Shotover. Um, we were filming. Um, uh, it's an old uh, army estate that's now been it was demolished and taken over by nature. So it's kind of the opposite to a lot of what's happening in Oxfordshire. So instead of building houses on fields, this is a field where houses used to be. So yeah. uh, went up there and that was a lovely, lovely time we had there. Um, so when, you to, say you went, when you say you went flying, 
drones. Are we, are we talking uh, drone drones? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah no. I get envisaged you, William, either flapping your arm <laughs> a lot or in like a little Cessna or something. You know? Yes, yes. Yeah, well, I've, I, I'm meant to go flying properly with my friend Russ Pinder. He's not very well at the moment. When he's better, um, now he's flying up in a, a, an aircraft, not with a toy yep. helicopter, you know. Um, I went with my family up to Wayland Smithy. Um, so Wayland Smithy doesn't oh. quite make my main story today. It's near Uffington, uh, but it's it's absolutely gorgeous. So it's um, it's for those that don't know, it's ju- again just off the Ridgeway. Um, it's uh, a Neolithic long barrow. Um, it's the second oldest long barrow that I know. I think West Kennet Long Barrow pips it by a few hundred years. But Doesn't very, mean. very, very old. It's about five and a half thousand years old. I mean, it's very difficult to think about how old that is. I mean, that mm. I think that predates the Ridgeway itself um, by a little bit. And it's five and a half thousand years. Well, the birth of Christ is 2000 years ago. So that's mm. we're closer to that than the birth of Christ was to, you know, the yeah, Wayne and Smithy being built. When you, when you read the history of, like you said, West Kennet Barrow, mm. And the detail in which they can go into the families mm. that were first there, yeah. And I think they were European, even even. So the I think they were from where Germany would be now, whatever mm. Germany was in that era. But the the, the families had come over from Europe, mm. settled here, and they'd built that. They were the, the first settlers in there. Within two or three generations, they'd built that long barrow wow. as a starting point. Obviously, it was yeah. very different to what it looks like now. Mm. But yeah, I've, I've been to Wade. I went to Wade probably a year or two ago with mm. my son. Actually, we just had a little walk up there and did a quick Patreon video. Yeah, and it's just it is. You could spend hours there. Yeah, yeah. just sat, just yeah. looking and wandering. I know it sounds all yeah. very airy fairy, but oh. It's, yeah. it's it's lovely and it's so so quiet i mean it, apart from the odd aircraft going over from heathrow but you know i'll, I'll take the blame on that um but um can you not can you not move them can you not like to say take I a make, 90 degree you know i could make a few phone calls <laughs> to the aircraft ops managers and see what they can do but uh yeah no it's, it's lovely and as you know it's nowadays anyway surrounded by trees and it's just a beautiful place to go and sit but the main thing I did, mm. <clears throat> so I'll begin my waffle. You should, just above, well, actually I say above Wantage, but uh, just to the south of yep. Wantage. Yep. Oh, um, yeah, I can see. I can, you'll see, see, I can see lots of, yep. Yep, the there's ridgeway. the Ridgeway. And yep. just sort of to the north of the Ridgeway, you will see Court Hill Cafe, which is where we started. So we, we got there and it was very, very foggy. And this was the start of that, you know, uh, we're 15 miles ahead of us. Um, yeah. And uh, it was very foggy, and but there was a, a hole in the fog above me, and there was blue sky. So I sent the drone up and got a, yep. a cloud inversion, uh, which is absolutely, you know, amazing. Um, yeah, you've got to keep sight of the drone, obviously. But we walked mm. from Court Hill uh, up to the Ridgeway and then along. And again, it's very difficult. You've got your friends with you. You're trying to say, look, the view off to the right here or the left is yeah, yeah superb normally but all you can see at the moment is kind of what's around you um and we went past uh segsbury camp now i've I've photographed segsbury camp so many times uh i think it's iron age it's a very large hill fort um a great place to go walk a dog um absolutely superb and yeah. um that is large isn't it that's like it, it is very large yeah it's 500 meters of maybe it's, it's got to be um again i've done youtube videos of it um but again probably a subject for me in the future uh, and we walk past that uh and then you 
about two miles further down, you get to uh, a place called, well, generally called uh, the Devil's Punch Bowl. It's not the famous one at Hindhead, obviously, but in yeah. fact, this one's better. It's bigger and it's, you know, in my opinion, it's, it's grander and um, it's it's near Letcombe Bassett. And yeah. Um, yeah. and um, again, again, we couldn't see it, but this was out on back walk, so we saw it on the way back. Um, it's a huge, I think it's about sort of two kilometres long, a kilometre wide, um, very, yeah. very deep. And again, it's it's caused by um, glacial movement and, and everything, you know, uh, at the end of the Ice Age. Um, yeah. <clears throat> that takes you across to a place called uh, Sparsholt First, where the Ridgeway starts sort of dipping and rising and dipping and rising. Um, can be very slippy with the chalk uh, there. Um, yeah. But again, it's very, it feels that it's got very remote kind of feeling there you're in the middle of nowhere it's it's kind of the place that i think of immediately when someone talks about the ridgeway i'll I'll just think of that section um absolutely gorgeous and then you sort of cross the road at uh blowing stone hill now it's a funny name for a hill um but at the bottom of the hill very very difficult to cycle up that hill by the way so it's always on uh, a road if you road cyclists and i am a bit i used to be avid road cyclist and used to dread that hill very very steep Mm -hmm. um with lots of false horizons on the way up um but at the bottom of it there's a house with a very very big sarsen stone and that stone Mm -hmm. is covered in holes and with the hole in the top, um, you might want to get some hand gel before you try this, but you blow mm. into it and it makes kind of a, a trombone noise that echoes oh. across the valley. And it's I said, saw a video of that on YouTube. Yeah, yes, it's, it's supposed to be um, the, the instrument, so to speak, that uh, Alfred the Great used to summon his Saxon army, probably for the Battle of Ashdown or something like that, although I don't think the Battle of Ashdown happened there, but... Um, that's that's the legend behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would it, something mm. like that naturally draws stories and yeah. legends, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, oh, that's fact. It's really interesting you should say that because literally about two or three days mm. ago, mm. someone showed me a video of that. And I can't even remember why, but I thought mm. oh, this is amazing. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah it's, I can see how it draws. In it's legends. it's worth visiting, but again, it's mm. it's whether or not you actually want to use it is. Especially yeah. after the pandemic we've been through, it's uh, so fun. the old blowing stone. I'm, we're, yeah. well, the viewers can now see this on an OS map. Blowing mm. stone, blowing oh, stone, hill, yeah, blowing stone yeah. hill. Of course, yeah, it's not. It's, a, it's a really, really uh, lovely area, and it, very dramatic as well. So you, you've you've got you know, um, well, in fact, from there you've got another dramatic valley further on that most people don't know about, called Rams Hill Coombe. And at the top, yep. so the Ridgeway carries on along the top and it goes over the top of Rams Hill Coombe, which you can't see from the Ridgeway. The The only taste anyone would have ever got of it nowadays, really, is from the road. If you're driving to Whitehorse Hill at Uffington, which yep. a lot of people do, which is where we're walking to, um, yep. it, there's a bit where it dips down, curves around and goes back up the other side. Yeah. And you briefly see up this big, dry, very dramatic dry valley. And that is Rams Hill Coombe. There used to be an Iron Age hill fort at the top, which is mainly ploughed yep. in now. Um, it is actually open access, that area. Um, it's it's a bit yeah. dodgy because in the wet grass and it's steep, so you could have an accident. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's absolutely gorgeous. And I know Anna did a picture of it for our Wessex Airscapes exhibition uh, last year. Yeah. Um, it's really, really nice. And then you get onto the main event itself. So uh, you get to uh, Uffington Castle, Uffington Whitehorse Hill. 
Now the hill itself, yeah. um, <clears throat> it's it's on the scarp of the uh, the North Wessex Downs, <clears throat> and so to the north you yeah. have a dramatic drop. I mean the the elevation change is the probably apart from maybe Butser Hill, the the biggest in the south of England. It's not. I mean the hill itself is eight hundred and fifty six feet high, so it's not um, a, a big hill by any means above sea level. Um, you know, you've got the n- nearby hills in Wiltshire, like Liddington, Clump, and that are actually higher. But but nothing quite has the drama of Uffington White yeah. Horse Hill, does it? It's um, so it's been it was carved out using sort of was, again as I say, it was, uh, what's the word? Solid fluxion. I love using that word. Mm-hmm. So it's a highly solid fluctuated landscape. Yeah. Um, and on top of the hill, you've got the actual hill fort itself, and then on yep. the side, you've got the White Horse, and the hill fort is called Uffington Castle. Yeah, and so we did do sort of a circuit of that, um, and it's <clears> again, it's a large Iron Age hill fort. But the one thing you notice about it, particularly from above, is just how perfect it is. It's it's very well um, preserved. There's been very little agriculture yeah. and farming at the top of the hill. There, it's it's too bleak and not flat and anything. So so you've got this yeah. very very well <clears throat> preserved uh, Iron Age hill fort. I think it's owned by. English heritage, but it's managed by the National Trust. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of surrounded by an inner rampart and, and a ditch. Um, yeah, even on the OS maps, you can see it's yeah. got at least two sort of rings. Yeah. Um, so it's got a rampart, a ditch, and then it's got kind of an outer rampart. And I, see, I yeah. think the inner one was originally lined with sarsen stones. I'm not entirely sure where they all are. There's two you can see still there, I think. Um, yeah. And they said there were evidence of structures, obviously, within the the fort. So this would have been yeah. sort of round houses or huts. And they found yeah. pottery and coins and everything nearby. Um, but the, the views from up there, so to the south, the views mm. are just kind of near. They're just, you know, a few hills. But to the north, yeah. it looks like you're in a plane. You are so high up. And you can see Swindon, you can see Wiltshire, and you can see Didcot in the other direction. <clears throat> if you're up there with some decent binoculars, it's it's absolutely amazing. Um, mm. And so the hill itself, I mean, further down you have um, the White Horse. So yeah. Uffington White Horse is, is kind of what I call the original White Horse. Uh, everything else yeah. is a bit of a carbon copy. So this one, instead of being two, three, four hundred years old, this is between three thousand, three and a half thousand years old, um, and it's a long. It's it's about 150, 170 meters away from the the hill fort itself, and the horse I think is three hundred sixty, three hundred eighty feet long, and it's kind of this weird kind of abstract horse. It's not like you know, yeah, yeah. not not how a kid would draw a horse sort of thing. So that seen. could almost predate. The art well would predate the Iron Age Hill Fort. Yes, yes, yes. Not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm assuming that maybe that there had been, um, uh, they maybe mm. they'd been living or people mm. had been living mm. at that hill fort for longer, but an mm. Iron Age Hill Fort therefore isn't as old as that horse, correct? And and this again puts it into perspective how old the Uffington horse actually is. It's, um, yeah. You know, it's not as old as Wayland Smithy, but you think that you had Wayland Smithy, not the Ridgeway. Far, it's not far off. And there's a lot of, well, there's, there's speculation as to what it is and why it's there. So some people say it's actually a cat. Some people say it's a dragon. And that feeds into another story in a sec. But um, 
I, I do believe it's a horse, but it's it's kind of a bit of a disjointed horse. Um, and the reason it's there, well, no one really knows. It's too old. There's, there's no documentation. However, um, I had a chap come around called David Miles, um, lovely bloke, um, and he wrote uh, Land of the White Horse, the book about Huffington White Horse. And okay. he, he's got a few kind of theories. Um, and I'm also, I mean, talking with uh, Patrick Dillon, Anna Dillon's father, about it as well. Um, we're sort of looking into a little project there. But um, one thing David noted, and partly from my pictures, was that the horse has become thinner and thinner over time. So every seven years they scour it. So they have these big you know, bags of chalk that are put there and you get teams of volunteers and they all scour it and, you know, hammer the chalk and everything and then have a bit of a picnic afterwards, no doubt. Um, I'd love to do that. I'd really love to do that. Um, But over the years, the horse has thinned. So even if you look at aerial pictures of it from kind of the time of the First World War, it was was kind of a a fatter horse. It looked more horsey. Uh, And now it's got thinner. So... Again, David Miles has sort of requested some of my pictures to look at it, and um, and I, I don't know if there's any plans to fatten it up again or anything like that. But and it's, it's definitely worth a visit. You can't walk on it at the moment. There's especially now the ground's damp. It tends to yeah. damage it. Um, and yeah. just further down from there, so you've got the the horse overlooks the manger of the hill, which is a big kind of solid fluctuated valley. Uh, with yeah. um, beautiful landscape and in the middle of that is Dragon Hill which is it's a little hill probably 30 foot high uh, with a flattened top um, the hill itself yeah. is natural um, but it's it's meant to be get this it's meant to be where St George slayed the dragon uh, okay. and you've got a little white patch of chalk there and yeah. where where we had lunch on this walk and that's meant to be where the dragon's blood was spilled and there's loads uh, of different okay. stories about this and it's a very you know as far i don't know if it's a pagan thing but you you see lots and lots of rituals and dances and stuff being done on dragon hill i've been up there in the yeah, evening yeah. and you see you know these sort of semi-naked ladies going around in circles and waving <laughs> things and it's it's great it's it's really really good and there's lots did of you, stuff. did you not say to me once Hedley, that mm. there was a theory that it was designed maybe we're talking about a different horse but mm. there was there was a theory that there was a blacksmith at the bottom yes and this was the first um marketing campaign in the world because there's a youtube video there was one <laughs> well there's lots head. of stories of the, the horse some people say that at night it jumps down in into the manger <laughs> yeah. at the bottom of the hill and but runs along to wayne and smithy well, yes yeah, the blacksmith story yeah. is, a, is a viable thing right? it's a viable because thing so how long how long have humans been using horses well yeah and at the bottom of the hill years, you, so you have them yeah and at the bottom of the hill you have this perfect manger that horses couldn't get out of. Um, it's, it's too steep, yep. very, very deep valley. And there's a road going at the bottom, but where the road is now, there's actually yep. natural there's springs along there. And so yes. that would have prevented horses leaving. So 
you, you could have had, it could have been someone who bred uh, horses there, and that was a status yeah. symbol. Yeah, it could have been a status symbol. Oh, I'd love, I'd love to see if there was like some, you know, I always want to keep things scientific and logical. <laughs> I'd love it if there was some kind of moderately tangible, yeah, I don't know, like horse remains from, and you could DNA it, yeah. the DNA or the carbon dating or whatever you would use. So, yes, this horse was here. 3,000 years ago and we know the date of Uffington Horse already so yeah. there is a tie and wouldn't that be amazing that would be, be that amazing. would be pretty amazing I, I, I mean, don't I don't know if the manger itself has been excavated I know the hill has several times up on top uh, but I don't know if the yeah. manger has because you're absolutely right that's if you're going to look for a theory behind why the horse is is there on the hill yeah. and if it did relate to you know breeding horses at the bottom of the hill then that's where you need to look really um, mm. I took an unexpected trip down there <laughs> a couple of years ago. So I decided uh, involuntarily to see how quickly you can get from the top of the hill to the bottom <laughs> in a, a state of free fall. Um, are, are we talking why, the manger? Are we talking the manger bit? Yes. So, yeah. I mean, I was up where, because you had, um, what was it, uh, Kate Bush cloud busting video filmed on the side of the hill, and I'd been climbing oh, up there. It? And I shouldn't have been up there. It was lockdown in 2020. So, you know, mistake number one. Uh, Mistake number two, in extremely bad weather, stick to footpaths where people can find you if you have a problem. So I had uh, the misfortune of of falling down Whitehorse Hill in the wind and the rain and disconnected the patella in my knee. Um, Oh, my goodness me. I'm not going to explain that because it turned people off this podcast but needless to say it was very very painful and um yeah so it was it was difficult so I was lying there on the side of the hill and like anyone else that you know had fallen over and couldn't move the first thing I did was tweet the view you know because (laughs) if you're gonna have an accident you're gonna want a view for it and so um I, I had to install what three words I think it was on my phone. Very, very useful application for people who go out walking because there's no way I could describe to the the emergency services where I was. There's there's just no way that the, the area of the hill is too big. So yeah. I used what three words, but it was too windy for them to get the helicopter out and everything. And as it happened, um, I was lying there and um, the there was a man walking up the other way the other side of a fence and I started shouting across to him and I managed to shout my phone number to him and he then yeah. called me uh luckily I landed on the side when my phone was in the other pocket and um he he was a member of the the parish council down from Willstone village at the bottom and nice. so he 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 was talking with his chums on there and next thing I know I've got about eight or nine people marching mm-hmm. up this steep hill with blankets and tea and God knows what. And, right. you know, you get oh cold so quickly on the ground. Yeah, you yeah, get, yeah. you know, it comes up through the ground. And I was being paralyzed by cold and these people were sitting on the blanket around me. And, um, yeah, yeah. and they, they saved my life. And in, and, and, and in the end, um, one of them, who was an ex-army medic, right person at the right time, had yeah. a, a proper one of the old ones, not one of the new ones, a proper uh, Land Rover Defender. And okay. this thing coming up White Horse Hill, it looks like 45 yeah. degrees and, you know, battling the mud. And even though I was lying there in pain, I just had this sort of smile on my face knowing I was about to have a, yeah. a, a death-defying trip down. But yeah, that's, that's <laughs> that was my little experience there. And, you know, I didn't know how to thank them. So um, I've been taking, since then, I've been taking pictures for them of the hill. Um and I think yeah. also I was, I was rescued by, what's his name? 
Andrew Foley, I think his name is, the, the NT Ranger there as well. Lovely bloke. Okay. Uh, yeah, and okay. I've been given, I gave them some prints of the hill and uh, some of them came to the exhibition on the opening night. And so, yeah, it's great to see them there. But yeah, hmm. it's, that's, that's Huffington White Horse Hill, really. I mean, what the horse it? itself is the album cover of uh, Ecstasy, I think it was in, in the 90s. Uh, it's the only okay. other bit of trivia I can think of, but yeah. Oh, I love all the trivia. Love all yeah, the trivia. but it's a, it's a beautiful place. Um, it's it's worth visiting. You've got a main car park um, and you've got a disabled car park, uh, which is higher up, that lets people see the views. For cycling, yeah. it's ideal location to cycle, um, so long as you yeah. like climbing. Um, yeah. It's just a beautiful place. And yeah, and our, our walk then, we went back, sun came out and uh, went all the way back to Court Hill Cafe and yeah, sort of a cake and a coffee, and we were done. <laughs> so we'll talk. We'll talk about Wayland Smithy another time because mm, if you'd yeah. gone obviously another mile or two, yes, that's where you'd have got to. Yeah, and that's yeah. I, yeah like I say, I went there. I don't know, but maybe a couple of years ago with my son, mm. and uh, yeah, just a bit further along, but certainly probably you mm. know that and further would be another walk because I think there's quite a few more. You've you've got Oddston Hill. Yeah, you've, and, you've also got near Wayland Smithy. You've got Oddston Coombs. Now that's kind of. Um, it's part of Uffington Whitehorse Hill. Uh, I think it's at the Giant yeah. Steps or something like that. It's oh, kind of, it's, it's wavy like that. Now, Austin yes, Coombs yes. is a smaller version of that, but it's absolutely perfect. It's it's a wavy hillside with kind of yeah, yeah. lines. I can't describe it, but it's a little yeah. bit off the beaten path, but really worth visiting. Really worth yeah. visiting. That's above Brilliant. Ashbury, I think. Good pub in Ashbury as well. Okay. Right on. Brilliant. Um, so I, I wanted to waffle a little bit about Alderbury and uh, Alderbury near Salisbury. I think we're still in Wessex. Are we? We're better oh, yeah. also in Wessex, then, aren't we? Mm, yeah. I wanted to waffle about um, a video that has just been released on the channel. But obviously, as you're going to be listening to this in January, it's going to be about two or three weeks ago. But it's fresh in mind. And there's been a lot of... Um, since a vi- this is what always happens to me is I put a video out and then I get a million people say, oh, actually, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Which would have been really useful when I was editing and researching the video, but you can never always find out. So I kind of wanted to revisit because I, I've got so much more info. I could almost make another video from it, but I don't want to do that because it just wouldn't work for countless different YouTube reasons. Um, but so Alderbury Tunnel. Now, Sort of going right back to the beginning, we made a video on the uh, Salisbury to Southampton Canal. And there's a well-known tunnel that goes under Southampton. Um, but that was it. And now, no, if you look at some of all the newspaper reports from the 1790s, there's this talk of the canal and how it's going to join Southampton all the way up to Bristol. And it's going to go... Um, you know, link up all this wonderful industry. It's going to link up with the Andover Canal. It's going to link up with the Kent and Avon, and it's going to change the lives of countless people. And there's a, there's a one particular article that we found. It's almost poetic in its writing. It's really beautiful, and it sells the Salisbury and Winchester Journal. Salisbury and Winchester Journal, 1789 or thereabouts, and it's the the economics of how much it's going to change Salisbury, the lives of the people in Salisbury. And it says the only one problem we have is Alderbury Hill. And Alderbury Hill is basically the town of Alderbury, um, 50 or 60 metres above the line of where they need the, the canal to go. I think the canal is about 65 metre contour at that point. Um, we shall begin. We must do this. We, we, we will invest £15,000 to build this tunnel. All this stuff. Talking about this big old tunnel. 
So when you go there and you get on the ground, you see a lot of, okay, well, the first thing you see is Tunnel Hill. So there is a Tunnel Hill on uh, the west side of Alderbury. So all this evidence adds up. And then there's a lot of books where people have done the history of it. In the 1930s, a guy wrote a book on the history of this canal and he said they started the tunnel. I didn't really cite much evidence back then other than it was just word taken. They'd built this tunnel or they were going to build this tunnel and they started it. But that's it. So our adventure the other day was to go and have a look again on the ground in more detail at Alderbury. Um, so we did just that. Um, we got to Alderbury Wharf and we decided, well, it wouldn't take much to go around this Alderbury Hill. We couldn't work out why there was so much talk about Alderbury Hill being a problem. It's not mm. like a ridgeway where you've just been describing mm. where if you're going to build something over that ridgeway, you, what are you going to do? Well, if it's a railway or a, you know, you've got to find a way through it at some point, you've got to find a, mm. a, a some natural in the landscape. But Alderbury Hill is just a hill. So was it obvious that they could build the canal around it rather than tunnelling through it then? Yeah, to my head, yes. So I'm going to bring up the map now and I'm going to show our lovely viewers of the place that we're looking at. So if you find Salisbury on a map, there's Marlborough, so I'll just keep heading south. Lugashore, nearly there. Uh, right, so here's Salisbury. Just over here is Alderbury. Now, so the canal came in almost along the railway here, wiggled along that line through West Grimstead and East Grimstead. Here's Alderbury, and Alderbury does sit on a hill, but you need to get down to Salisbury's uh, level, which is about 50 metres. But when you look at Alderbury and you look at the where, so here is, um, again, Headley, you're the only person that can't see the Headley. I can see this and all our viewers can see this. When you look at um, Alderbury Wharf and you look at the position it was in, you think, well, a kilometre or a mile detour, you could go around Alderbury Hill. But these books reference the, the tunnel was started and um, there's Tunnel Hill. So now somebody re after the video again, somebody sent me a, a map, which again, I'll include here. And on that map, it's got two tunnels in this area, two tunnels. So they said, oh, Paul, here's, here's your tunnels. Found them for you. No problem. But what those tunnels they're referring to there are if you do take the detour around Alderbury and you follow the line of where the wharf was at the 65 metre contour, well, you, you can go around Alderbury. You go around the south side, wiggle along the contours. Now, that would have used two small tunnels. Number one, to go under the road at Alderbury Hill. And it states there was a 10 metre tunnel. And also under the main uh, A30 road near the wharf. So there's two small tunnels. Everybody's saying that's clearly where the tunnels were. But this isn't because when you look at the original newspapers, it talks about this mile long tunnel under Alderbury Hill, 50 metres under the ground or 150, 200 feet. And I just found it really, really complicated to try and get this into a 15 minute video. The, the fact that it was started they're, they're absolutely certain it was started mm. so we we tried to find the spot where we think it started and where mm. there's a there's a there's a, a bit of land which is said to be marshy and you can see where this is so um we think we found it and we think we found it mm. in the video um mm. so yeah trying to get all that there's my usual problem head trying to get all that into <laughs> a 15 minute video yeah um 
and see those locations and show people where the canal probably went because of LIDAR. Um, Phil Barrett, again, Phil Barrett is a lovely chap who always says yeah. to be LIDAR. Yeah. Beautiful, colourful piece of LIDAR, he said. And it does show the canal did go around it. But there's so much conflict in um, information about it. There's a lot of sources that say the canal was only used as far as Grimstead. And only for about a year did they use Alderbury Wharf um, to try and piece all this together and then go, well, if they'd have only used that, then why did they build all of the rest of it? Because you can follow it. And clearly you can see the canal cut on the west side of Alderbury. Um, and it's there. It's, it's clear mm. as you like. So my theory was from the video was they started to build a tunnel. They started to build a tunnel under Alderbury. They started just below the church. And I'm going to put that up on the map here, just here. There's a marshy bit of land there. Mm. <clears throat> so they started to build a tunnel here and they were going to go right across Alderbury over there to the wharf. And that would be just about a mile long tunnel. Not uncommon for canals of that age. There was a lot bit of Sapperton tunnel, um, the Brindleys were building countless tunnels up north. So this wasn't beyond the realms of possibility. But I think my guess is they came over a lot of sort of quicksands, moving mm. earth, and couldn't build it. So at the time where Alderbury House is now, there's a pond or a, a pound. That that clearly shows the, the canal cut. And I think they gave up on the tunnel that went across Alderbury. And they said, right, well, let's carry on. We'll go around Alderbury um, Hill and we'll take the natural contour the 65 mm. metre contour it's about a mile mile and a half detour um, and the tunnel I think the tunnel would have been quickly abandoned but if he'd have been alive at that time I wonder how big a thing that would have been I wonder how you know you, you've seen a tunnel under your town start to be built you've seen navvies by the f hundreds and hundreds of navvies original navvies we're talking who built the canals digging this tunnel and it would have been as big an event as you'd have seen in your life. A tunnel, mm. a mile-long tunnel under your town. So it wouldn't, in my head, be uncommon or unreasonable for them to call this Tunnel Hill. Yeah. Nothing to do with the 10-metre small bridge slash tunnel that actually did go under Tunnel Hill at the end, mm. which they built as the, the next stage. Right, We can't do the big tunnel. We're just going to do a little one under here. Um, so that's my that's my theory. And... There's so much more I wanted to say in that video and so much more that some very kind people sent mm. me um, information-wise after that. But that's my sort of standing theory, which obviously and proved to be wrong. I take it you're not just building a, a canal tunnel through a hill, would you? You'd be, it's the towpath as well uh, and everything else that goes with it. And, you know, you've got management of that canal as well. In, I mean, a mile... You, that would be absolutely pitch dark through most of it, wouldn't it's, it? It's crazy. Yeah. The greatest example we've seen of this is the Lepau Tunnel. Hmm. can't remember what tunnel, I go can out on for the life of me, but we've done a video on the Lepau Tunnel. Um, now, that was something like two and a half miles long, built in the same era. Hmm. And it's absent when you read the account. Now, that lasted like, I don't know, 90 years or something. Hmm. And it's honestly, it's absolutely bonkers. Right? Yeah. Because. So they built this tunnel two and a half miles long, not too much wider than a narrow boat. Right. So no towpath, nothing. Okay. The clearance is like that either side of the boat. Oof. You'd have your guys on top of the boat legging. Yeah. So they'd literally be led on their backs on the top of that. They'd, they'd be two next to each other. They'd be legging this yeah. uh, vessel, this narrow boat barge through a two. And it would take them about four hours 
depending on this sometimes had a gentle flow of water hmm. and they'd be going through this tunnel as you say pitch dark hmm. unless they had like candles some sort going. of yeah but whether they did or not um not it wouldn't necessarily be too much ventilation Mm. Because they yes they would build construction shafts but how many they left open, mm. um, not sure. I think when you go on ten twenty years in time they did leave a lot more of these open. Sapperton Tunnel is a mm. great example. Uh, something like twenty eight construction shafts. And yeah, a lot of those are still there now because we stuck a GoPro down one of them. But Le Pau Tunnel, for example, and it started to bulge even over the years that they were using it. There mm. were bulges and dips and there was collapses and they had to be mm. rebuilt. And ultimately, this would be the downfall of a lot of canals, the, the tunnels where they collapse. But so, they, were, they would do the same thing there and then, absolutely. Mm. So do you think with, with Tunnel Hill, <clears throat> what could have happened maybe? I mean, it could have been a land ownership issue that prevented them from... Uh, building the canal around the hill to begin with and then maybe somebody who owned the land maybe died or had a change of heart just after they started building the tunnel uh, you know i suppose it could be anything couldn't it it, it, it certainly could be because there clearly there are sections built around the tunnel there's sections built on the wrong side or the good mm. side the salisbury side there's sections of this canal built so yeah i, I think my general theory is they built the tunnel, they started to build the tunnel, they started to build the cuttings and quicksands and quicksands and quicksands just meant that they couldn't do it. So they, they then said, oh, okay, well, let's build this section and build this section and try and build around it. Land ownership, like you say, may have um, then been favourable to them. But mm. um, you, you, it's not exclusive to canals. You know, we've told stories of Swindon, Swindon Tunnel. Mm. They wanted to build a railway in the 1880s. Or 1870s, the Midlands and Southwestern Junction Railway wanted to go under Swindon Old Town, but they couldn't. Even 70 years later, they couldn't do that because of the quicksands and the way the the, the gravel was moving. Um, there's a place above it called Tunnel House, which had to have all these pillars built in the ground um, because of, of what they'd done to build this tunnel, try to build the tunnel. And if you have a look just to the south of the church in Alderbury, there's a shoot. It's so difficult. That, to get all these things out on camera mm. but there's a significant arch shaped feature in the land there's like a bowl un, un, unnatural bowl and I'll, I'll try and put some pictures up but right there on the map which i'm highlighting now there is a a, a bowl in the landscape which looks the, like the perfect uh canal tunnel sort of shaped cutting and i, I really want to say that's it because it looks what you'd expect to see from the, the, the entrance point to it. It's the mm. right contour. Everything about it in my head smacks of marshy bit of tunnel land entrance. Mm. But it's it's a theory. We can all have yeah. these theories and that's that's what you know allows us to be we're not academics. Well I'm not yeah. an academic. So it allows us to have a theory rather than um you know a dig with dating and evidence mm. that's my theory <laughs> that's great i i have seen the video it's really really good uh, but yeah it's 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 funny that it's sort of it's one of those things that ends sort of inconclusive but you know yeah. it, it's uh yeah it's a fun one to investigate that by the time often, often they do often with the railways we can't really teach anybody or give a new theory of this and new theory of that because the railways are so well documented mm. and so well loved but step back <clears throat> 50 60 70 years to the early canal building there's hard there's there's very rarely anything you have to really dig mm. deep in the archives 
to find even a diagram. You know, mm. today where I talked about the calm branch of the Wilts and Barks Canal. Well, that that branch was built before the canal opened. Ten years before the canal opened, that branch was open and in use. And there's one tiny diagram of them building the tunnel at Canigri between Carn and Chippenham. And then this diagram is just like me or you doing a sketch on hmm. the back of a bit of paper <laughs> and they'd written a few notes and the notes said, this is a cut and cover tunnel. Um, we're literally going to cut through the land here. Oh, look, it looks like we found some rock and soil. So it's really good. They broke up the rock and they used that for a bit of the towpath further hmm. down. And that's it. There's no sort of really formal... Um, evidence to say mm. what went on why we did this lock here why we changed yeah. this there's nothing so you can come up with all these different kind of you can you can look at the landscape and you can do a bit of the um who's the guy from um time team Stuart anderson Stuart ainsworth mm. who does the landscape and you can yeah. just sort of take a step back and look at the landscape and you're a surveyor you're a surveyor in 1790 you're a one of the canal builders in 1790 have a look at the landscape and see what it looks like. What would you do? And that's what I love trying to be able to try and do. And you could do that with the canals because yeah. there's not a lot of, you know, the, the Alderbury Hill is a great example. There's no evidence. There's nothing mm. written down to say what happened. No. And I, I find that completely bonkers, but also yeah. really good. I thought maybe the engineers at the time would sort of have a, a sense of pride and documenting what they were doing and, you know, almost a, not a boasting point, but, you know, being able to sort of showcase yeah. what they're doing through documenting it, you know, but maybe... I think maybe they did <clears> that if it worked. Yeah. If it worked... That's it. Yeah, it. maybe because it <laughs> because it didn't happen or potentially didn't happen in the end, then, you know, there was yeah. kind of... Uh, yeah, that's what you mean. Well, fascinating. Mm. That's, my, that's my waffle <clears throat> of uh, our Alderbury mm. Tunnel. Um, mm. And I, I don't think we're going to get any further than that. I'd love to know if somebody has any more info on it, but mm. that's my... Um, Mm. as far as I've, I've got with it yeah. I'll probably stop there I think well maybe <laughs> if anyone knows anyone from Alderbury maybe they maybe they've got more information yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be good. local local good. archives are always a good place to go yeah. you know where they're available yeah. so <clears throat> talking of mysteries then so we were asking yeah. weren't we about um, whether any of our listeners stroke viewers depending on how they you know uh, consume the content um had any mysteries and we had one or two didn't we but there was we did there was one if you got the details there was one that stood out someone asking about um looking into a a road near exeter and aqueducts and stuff like that well roman road i think Mm. i'd love to tell you what number roman road this was um Mm. and i will do that in post but there is a roman road and what we're looking at now Headley is a website called saxonhistory.co.uk and it's by a chap called Simon, lovely chap, I email him quite often. He's mapped on, using Google Maps as a, as a background, he's mm. he's mapped loads of Roman roads on this map. And you can look at this website, and I will direct people there, saxonhistory.co.uk, wonderful website, and he's mapped all of these Roman roads. Mm. Um, I don't know what number this is, it'll be for something like 44 B or whatever, but it goes from Ilchester, uh, which is just by Yeovil, and it goes all the way down to Axminster and down to the coast. Um, let's say, I don't know, 20 30 miles to the east of Exeter, not too far from Honiton 
and uh, Gittesham. Hmm. So sort of Seton, Lyme, Regis. Now, the mystery he said to us is what route did this take? But in particular, it's at uh, where it bends. And I put this on satellite view. This is where the mystery the mystery is. I think it's part, I want to say it's part of the Foss Way because it does come down this road here. Hmm. Um, let's bring that out a bit there. Now, that's fairly obvious. It follows this route here. But I think this gentleman's... Um, we'll, we'll put the... Uh, the tweet up from this gentleman as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> of where it cuts south. And that's the biggest mystery. So what we can do, I don't know how you feel this, this <laughs> should go, Edley, but why don't we put this to our viewers? Is that a thing, do you think? Or do you think we should try and solve the mystery ourselves? Well, I don't know. I th- certainly think that it would we'd be able to get help from viewers and, and listeners, uh, not forgetting those who can't see this. Um, I think that mm-hmm. it would be very useful to get sort of input from them because you you potentially get leads uh, from them yeah. that which you can then go on to investigate. I mean, I think we've also got to sort of define what we what we look at because we are Wessex ways and Wessex was a big area, and yeah. I'm cramped up in the kind of the northeast corner of what would have been Wessex. And so everything I've been looking at has been in this area. And so we need to kind of expand yeah. out westwards and look at these things, don't we? Well, this definitely fits into that bill then, doesn't it? Because mm, yeah. we're getting on towards Exeter. Um, and so, yeah, as you suggest, for the benefit of the people that aren't looking on YouTube and don't have the visual, there was this road that went between Ilchester and Seton. And I think the section this gentleman is, is inquiring about is north of the village of Street. Mm. And south of the village, uh, let's say the Cudworth, where did that Roman road go? Because again, it's speculation, mm. and we love a bit of uh, speculation. We need to look at what M- McGarry said, um, because yeah, it, it it doesn't look straight. It doesn't look mm. um, tidy. It doesn't fit. So we need to have a look at the lidar. We need to have a look at um, what other people's conjecture may be. But between Street and Cudworth on the Rome Road that went between Ilchester and uh, South to Axminster. Mm. That is the mystery, I think. Sounds like a future video, doesn't it, as well? I think, yeah, there is. The trouble is with Roman Roads, there's so many different <clears throat> mysteries Yeah, that you're not necessarily going to solve. And I've no. got a few in my head no. already, but I don't want to do too many because no. Roman Roads are going to do really well or they flop. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there we go. Tis That's great. Is. So I suppose if anyone else has any sort of mysteries <clears throat> they want to put to us or not just sort of questions, but, you know, interesting stories as well, um, anything within Wessex, then um, I think, you know, it'd be great. Just contact us down in the comments under the YouTube video or uh, send us a, a tweet or a message uh, to yep. Paul or myself. Uh, that's great. I know we've had one or two others. There's something about aqueducts carrying natural water courses over over something near Bristol, wasn't it? Over okay, over ra- oh. over railways. That's it. Yeah. Um, okay. but I, don't, I don't know if that's the same guy or not. Because the guy you were talking about actually did a video, didn't he? He had a drone yes. and did a video. Yeah, very really yeah. nice. He did it in really nice weather. It's a, it's a nice one to watch that. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember the aqueduct one. No, it's down in the comments. If you look at episode one, down in the comments, we'll um, it's it's a long, it's a long bit of text, but we 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 look at that afterwards. But yeah, okay, yeah, yep. it's maybe not. Well, yeah. we can do that. We can do that next time because that sounds yeah. quite, that sounds really interesting yes. actually. Yeah, mm. it does. It does. Yeah. Well, we better, we better stop unless you've got anything else to add. 
I haven't. We, we I think we've probably we've, shut up, shouldn't we? Our, our Wessex <laughs> waffling has waffled on a long way today uh, on Wessex yeah. ways. So yes, indeed, that's no, good. So I I think as Hayley alluded to, you can follow us on social media. Um, We'll put all the links in the description uh, to the video, the description to the podcast as well. But follow us on um, social media. Just Google uh, Hedley Fawn and Paul Whitewick and I'm sure you'll find us. So um, get involved and get interacting with us. We've also got the social media for Wessex Ways, haven't we? we have. I don't. I, I'm a bit slack with that. I don't know about you. We've got we've got uh, different things. We've got a Wessex Ways page on Facebook, which I have to start populating, maybe with a few pictures uh, from yeah. uh, each uh, podcast. Um, we've got Wessex Ways. I don't know if we've got Instagram. I can't remember. We've definitely got obviously the YouTube, uh, the website, yeah. Facebook page. I yeah. I'm. I can't remember. It's all written down somewhere. Yeah, it's all there. <laughs> it's all way, there. We really appreciate your your listenership and your viewership. Yeah. Um, so do all the good things and share with us and tell you if you like me and Hedley waffling about what we've been up to, then obviously do um, share with your friends because that would do us some, some, it would some help significant us. favour. It would help yeah. us. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Yes, there's call it a day. We'll say goodbye to our... Um, okay. yeah. Thanks very much. Well, for thank listening. you very much See for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.